Welcome to Opening Stage VGH, the video game history podcast for everyone. I'm your host, Dean Beaver, and I'm once again joined by my lovely wife, Meredith. Last name, Lyons. What? Which is crazy, because it's the truth. <laughs> ah! As you I just see, realized, like no one ever, no one ever says my last name, and they probably assume it's the same if you're, as yours because patriarchy. But it's not. Yeah. Well, we're trying, we're, we're trying to take care of that. But as you, the eagle-eyed among you, may have noticed that we have a guest for this episode. He's a friend of mine from the Chicago area, uh, and he has his own podcast, the Movies for Days podcast. Uh, everyone, give it up for Jeff Newman. Jeff, thank you so much. Hello. Thank you, Dean. Thank you, Meredith, for having me on the show. I'm really excited to be here. Awesome. We're excited to have you. So we have a few questions that we always ask guests on the show. The first one is, please give us your life story in the span of a tweet. Okay. <clears throat> My life story. Um, Midwest born, child of divorce, older brother, failed actor, Future teacher, food service prisoner, uh, white male bearded movie podcaster, and first runner-up, most cliched person in existence, 2021. <laughs> wow, that was good. Does that was that a single tweet? I didn't. I think that I was a little that. bit. I think a, I think it was a little bit outside of the character limit, but you know what? It's it's a it's a it's a guide rather than a what I've invitation. learned. I, what I've learned from the young people these days is that you can replace virtually every word with a new shorter spelling or a symbol or uh, yeah emojis. Yeah. So yeah, I still say it works. There's a guy I watch on YouTube uh, every now and then. What he does is he like calls the uh, obvious scam numbers and he wastes their time because he's got <laughs> like nine different firewalls set up on his computer. So so he's not really worried about a whole lot. But anyway, one thing he'll do every now and then just to waste their time is he's playing a Valley Girl character and he's like, oh my God, my, my boyfriend just sent me three emojis and I'm not sure how to take this. It's a, a potion and a, a lobster and a pukey smiley face. What's that mean? And the the other guy is like, can I please just have your credit card number? But that the but he's like, no, no, I want you to help me figure this out, and then I'll give you my credit card number. But anyway, so that leads us to our next question, Jeff. Please give us your own personal history with video games. Hey. I was that kid that was always one generation behind everybody else. Uh, so when you had your uh, your Super NES, I had my Nintendo. <laughs> and then by the time you got your N64 or, or PlayStation, that's when I was rocking my Sega. And so like it kind of went on like that. I When I was young, I was somewhat shameless about this. I cultivated friends with better game systems the way a freshman in college cultivates friends with cars. Oh, definitely. Like, and and I fell in and out of love with games throughout my life. I, you mm -hmm. know, especially college was a big black hole of not playing video games. I was focusing on college like a twerp. <laughs> and um, it always, I've noticed, seems to be a traumatic life event of some kind that throws me back into games. They become a wonderful balm 
when I'm hurting really bad from a thing. Uh, uh, Shadows of the Colossus was a big one. Uh, after oh. I had been out for a while, something horrible happened and I fell into that game. I mean, I think I played it for eight, nine hours straight. Yeah, and that game is such a lighthearted romp. It made <laughs> me cry and for some reason I like that. Yeah. Yeah, and there. so... Meredith, real quick, if I could interject, just so you know, uh, Shadow of the Colossus, you are uh, a warrior, and you're, I think you're trying to revive your dead sister, and to do that, you need to absorb the souls of, like, 12 giant creatures named Colossuses. Oh. And I, I think, I don't want to spoil anything, but the whole twist is that you were kind of the reason that your sister died in the first place, <laughs> so. I mean... Yeah. Like, I, like I said, it's a lighthearted romp. I love that sentence, by the way. I don't want to spoil anything. But I know, like I'm going to run out and play is. it. <laughs> anyway, but I, I'm sorry, I interrupted. Please That's continue. all good. Uh, so, yeah, that, that seemed to be the thing. And at the point where you have to make a choice, because right around 2018, got thrown back into the games again, and so you had to make a choice, Xbox or PlayStation, and I went very hard PlayStation mm. because I like the games that are available. Virtually everything I really like that Xbox offers is a multi-platform experience, yeah. whereas lots of PlayStation exclusives are games that I love and would not want to do without. Uh, so, yeah, and I've just kind of stayed pretty hard on that since then. I won't be able to afford a PS5 for a long time, so I'm just, I'm wrapping my arms around my PS4 and I'm just playing the shit out of what I play the shit out of. Of course, uh, the pandemic was a big time to get back into games or to just lean even oh, harder yeah. into them. Definitely. Uh, Death Stranding, the, the Mad Max video game, and uh, all four Crash Bandicoots. Uh, you know what I mean when I say the four canonical Crash Bandicoots? Uh, is it one of those Crash Team Racing? That game <laughs> rocks. That game, that game rips, bro. Uh, so yeah, those were the ones that I've been that I was really crazy about during the pandemic. And I guess that I guess that brings us up to now. I I'm one of those guys who sounds like he knows a whole lot about video games until you throw me in a tank with like the real piranhas, <laughs> the real the real dudes and and and, and uh, ladies who fucking know what's up and who play like crazy. And then it's so clear how much I can't hang, and I'm just a poser. So I I, I don't know. I don't know what that makes me. No, uh, you're good. For aggressively what casual well oh. you're always gonna know more than me so <laughs> that's why i'm here for what it's worth i can i can definitely appreciate the the later in life lean towards playstation because i might be biased a little bit i've never been a huge fan of xbox because i feel like xbox is like centers on like multiplayer online games uh, whereas in definitely later in its lifetime, uh, the PlayStation, especially the PlayStation 4, leads itself more towards single-player narrative-driven games. Yeah, so. I have a tough time engaging with multiplayer online. It took forever for me to even try a game like that because it. I think anybody can relate. It takes a minute to learn the mechanics, to learn the game, and you only really learn by fucking up a lot. Yeah. And that's okay when it's just you, but when you've got 50 
fucking 12 year olds in your ear screaming obscenities at you because you made a mistake. It's like, I don't even want to do this. I'm picking up my ball and I'm going home. I actually have a similar experience. I actually just, you recalled something to me that I completely forgot about. So when I first moved to Chicago, when I was like 22, okay. I made these new friends and they took me to a Dave and Buster's and I'd never been to a Dave and Buster's. And there's these things, these pods that you can sit in. And I play have played no video games. Mm. I played Tetris and that's it. So that's like my experience. So they put me in one of these pods and you're supposed to like fight everyone else. So we're in with a group of their friends who just do this on the weekend. And I mean, it looks cool. Like there's a big screen also where everyone else waiting to for their pod chance sees what you're doing. And so you like name yourself. So everyone sees when you're getting hit. And then they print out a rundown of what you did or how you got hit it, like in really dramatic fashion and like give it to you afterwards. Yeah. And I knew, of course, nothing about anything. Like I, someone explained to me what the buttons did real quick. Like, <laughs> and that was it. So I'm in there just like fodder completely not having fun because I'm just getting killed publicly in front of like other children of that Dave and Buster's and my friends are like destroying me. Like they're just like, I was out of the game and just sitting there watching for like most of it. Oh, and I was like, this is like, isn't there like a place where they teach you like things? Like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, is there, there like, is is there there like a bunny hill or something? Yeah, yeah. Can like I get a tutorial, tutorial pod, please? Can, right. I, can I get that? So yeah, I totally, and I'm like, everyone's like, wasn't that fun? And I'm like, I guess it was fun for you. Like, <laughs> you, you I enjoy yourself. now <laughs> never want to do this again. So. Yeah, and that is that is often my experience with multiplayer online games. So as you were saying, Dean, like you've got so many great single player narratives and, and other single player mm -hmm. stories that are PlayStation exclusives, whereas everything that's cool, at least from my perspective, everything that's really cool to do on Xbox, you can also do on PlayStation, like yeah. all the Arkham games, because I'm a bit of a Batman nut and I love those games. You can play those on Xbox, you can play those on PlayStation. I might show you guys this commercial later, but when Xbox first came out, they made this commercial that highlighted like the online capabilities of the original Xbox and there's this <laughs> this like totally late 90s early knots ass dude with like frosted tips and like a puka shell necklace like talking about how great the online is like he's got the headset and he's like I can hear them and they can hear me like that's the greatest part Xbox live and like he's entering his username and he like He's like, you can make a whole new name for yourself. And he turns into, like, he turns into the camera and it has, like, the fisheye lens and it, it drops his voice and he goes, I'm Dark Master. See, there's a, there it is right there. Okay, so here's the thing. Here's the thing about Xbox, right? Xbox is for football bros who want a game, right? That's no. what it was. Like if you're like a if you're like a hyper nerd, and I, I say that with absolute respect, those <laughs> those people have like red capes and they fly through the air. Then you're then you're a fucking computer gamer, right? You mm -hmm. you know you're on Steam, you know at that whole jam, and you built your your whole fucking CPU with your own hands, right? Yeah. But then if you're like kind of nerd, more like a dork, right? Because a dork is like what I am. Is like you're not really a useful nerd, <laughs> but you have all those. Wait, qualities. aren't the useful nerds geeks? Ooh, damn. I think you're right. 
I think we might be going too deep into a rabbit hole here. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, just the, the the socially awkward brainy people, I think, is what PlayStation is more for. Yeah. Anyway, I, I would love to talk about this more, but we do have uh, a bit of a thing that we need to get to. A dinner. Oh, yeah. I'm making dinner after this. Um, oh, nice. Oh, you meant the podcast. Well, I mean, <laughs> one to get... Getting done with one begets the other. I came to learn about some history. That's what I'm here for. I feel like it's becoming my running joke to at some point during the podcast be like, oh, right, Dean, you wanted to talk about video games? (laughs) (laughs) So, Jeff, you know the the drill by this point. I've had you listen to a few episodes. I'm going to read from this book report that I wrote. Feel free to interrupt me when you have something that you want to say about stuff. I'm not going to take offense. I know... As a Midwestern boy, that's kind of hard for you, but need you to get over that hurdle. The listeners that... should know he's given me permission multiple times. This is... <laughs> so I'm going to work to get over that hurdle. Awesome. Uh, so, Jeff, I know you're a little bit of a movie buff. That being said, let's get into it. All right. You almost said let's lick it. I mean, <laughs> get a few more drinks in me. Anyway. anyway. that silence was so delicious i was just drinking it in (laughs) that's what we call a pregnant pause let's get into it titanic is an epic romance and disaster film written directed produced and co-edited by james cameron oh my god don't tell me there's a video game (laughs) i want to play as the iceberg oh god (laughs) the most expensive movie yet made at the time An elderly woman recounts her experience aboard the Titanic. She tells the story of two members of different social classes who fall in love during the RMS Titanic's ill-fated maiden voyage. Hang on. I I must needs interrupt. Is this the actual synopsis? Uh, Where? Oh, no. Where where did you get this? This blurb? I I wrote it. Okay. (laughs) All right. Okay. (laughs) Because I was about to like, I was about to be like, is this seriously what they put? No. So, okay, you did this. Why is it terrible? Continue. Just go. Okay. Upon its release in 1997, it was met with near universal critical acclaim. It was nominated for 14 Academy Awards and won 11, tying Ben-Hur for the most Oscars won by a single film. So I wonder, does anyone know if Ben-Hur was also expensive at the time? I believe it was a very expensive epic. I feel like it was as well. Money talks, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> it's like every benchmark made by an Oscar film is going to be cleared by another Oscar film at some point. It's <laughs> like you have to throw money at shit. Sorry. Anyway. Let's see. So it tied Ben-Hur for the most Oscars won by a single film and was the first film to reach the billion dollar mark. Wow. And now benchmarks! So I remember seeing Titanic in the theater. Yeah. I was um, of that of that age where it was like, I don't know. So the first time I saw it, thought it was amazing, cried my eyes out. was like, this is an amazing film. Went mm-hmm. back to see it again. And I was like, this is this was good. When I went back to see it a third time, because you go with different friends every time, because when you're, yeah. you know, you can't drink anyway. So um so you got to do it, something. Went back to see it again. And I was like, this movie isn't that good. <laughs> like every time I saw it, it got worse. Like the first time, I guess I was so impacted. I don't know. Like what? I don't. I, anyway, I thought that was interesting. And I thought it's I think it speaks to the 
continue. No, I do. I think you have to augment the way you watch that movie to enjoy it on repeat viewings because it's so melodramatic. It really is. It almost the first time it all hits and it's a mix of like the style and the work that they put into like the painstaking recreation. Right. Right. And all of that shit hits you. But then when you watch it on repeat viewings, you start to notice like, God, Billy Zane with that weird hair piece and like, Oh my God, he threw the table. That seems uncalled for. (laughs) And so you start having to enjoy it in an ironic way. Um, it, it's just so I, you know, yeah. I just remember that was the first time I don't, I don't often see movies repeat, but you know, when something's like really good and you're like, Oh, it's so amazing. You have to see it in the theater. And, and I just, I think that I was, I was young enough to where it was, I was, and I was in college for theater and I was just like cr- starting to look at things with a more critical eye as well. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, well, this movie doesn't hold up. And I, <laughs> I, and you know there are movies you can watch over and over and they're they're still good but yeah so anyway my titanic blurb 1997 there we go i that honestly and it's funny and i'm just gonna bring it up because you went into oscars and titanic that was when i stopped giving a shit about the oscars <laughs> because and this it's so stupid because this was what 97 99 97 mm-hmm. Yeah, I was like 10 years old. 10-year-old should not have big opinions about the Hollywood industry like this. But I saw like almost every movie that was up for Best Picture that year. And every movie up for Best Picture that year was so much better than Titanic. Like as a movie. And I was I was like, I don't believe in anything anymore. Wow. So I got really into the Oscars after this because I felt like I was a theater person and I had to be. And I made a, like, I had a party and it was almost, it was also kind of like a reaction to everyone just having done the Super Bowl and me being like, you know what? I got my own Super Bowl. And so this is what we're going to do. And we're going to dress up and we're going to vote on movies and we're going to have a pool and you can win money. And you're also going to get a prize if you're the worst. And so because I did all that and it was fun, but I like tried to see all the movies and tried to make like a guess. But then I also did like research online and I found this amazing blog, which back then it was like very hard to find blogs. Like there, there weren't as many. Mm-hmm. And I found this amazing blog who there were this person examined all the movies and he had like the political inside as well. Mm-hmm. So he'd be like, well, this movie is great, but this one's going to win because this. And so I did all of his picks and I won the pool <laughs> like every time. And, um, and I mean, and then I just, at some point I stopped doing it because you could just see the political crap happen like live. And, and as someone who was trying to get a, like now I'm out of college doing my own acting and trying to quote unquote, do my art real life. And just to see the political machine at work, it being celebrated so vastly was just like, I, I, you know, it was just, you know, like a little knife to the heart, I guess. proverbially and so that's when i began stop i stopped caring about the oscars yeah i've yeah no i've grown almost disgustingly cynical about the oscars and it like it started at age 10 and it just 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 downhill and you know what that's fine that's fine yeah lots lots of people love the oscars and every year fewer and fewer people watch and that's awesome so whatever Right. I mean, it's, there's a pageantry thing and some people, you know, people like those, it's like those people that are obsessed with the Royal family. I don't understand it, but if that's your jam, I mean, I like reading books about fairies. So whatever, (laughs) whatever makes you happy. 
I'm going to go ahead and get this out of the way right now. Oh, right. You were talking about a, we're going to talk about a video yeah. game. Are yeah. you going to tell me to watch my language? Uh, no, 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 no. We're, 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 pat, we're, we're past. We're well past that. We're past one I'm minute. Sorry. That's YouTube rules. But anyway, uh, I'm just going to come out and say it. I did not see Titanic when it came out. That's uh, fine. Because it had boobies. Oh, really? It was a PG-13 movie. How much investigating did your parents do? I wasn't super interested in seeing it before I knew there were boobies. That's fair. <laughs> I, I had an older sister. Yeah. I, like I had an older sister and a mom who was really into film. So like, so, I don't know. It feels like so, it makes sense. Did your, parents, did your parents censor you or were you just like, meh? I was just kind of like, meh. Because when I was 13, like I, I, I remember my parents being like, you know, this is PG-13. And I'm like, yeah, I am 13, though. It was weird. <laughs> well, I mean, when it came out, it was weird. But I did not see the film until a few years later uh, when it came in that weird uh, two VHS packet. A Braveheart uh, double <laughs> double cassette set. And so my I was at a sleepover with a friend. And the was friend... this a boy sleepover or oh, a boy yeah. girl sleepover? Oh, oh yeah. And uh, you know it was a boy sleepover because we watched Titanic because the the guy who was there or the guy whose sleepover it, it was was like, guys, we need to watch Titanic. There's boobies. Like really? But that's like one scene. You guys watched that entire freaking film for one shot of boobs? No, we didn't. We didn't oh. watch the... Uh, you just watched that scene? You fast forwarded it. We, we got... <laughs> I'm not proud of this. Disgusting. <laughs> I Wait, was like 12. You were like 12? Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. What did I'm you guys gonna... do? Like yeah. circle jerk to the movie? Like I'm just so confused. No, we just saw it. And then I think we like went on to something else. But You were um, like, okay, that's what boobs look like. Yep, pretty much. Uh, and I've also told this, this story on the podcast before, but later in life, I was uh, in a class and our history teacher was trying to teach us about the Titanic. And so he made us watch the movie. And it was back when like, that is aggressively lazy as a teacher. That movie is so funny. Like, did long. you watch that in class? Yeah. That is and, aggressively lazy. And when it came to the, the scene where Jack sketches Rose nude, uh, he took his grade book, he covered up the, the nudity, but his grade book wasn't big enough to hide the whole screen. So, like, at one point, a nipple showed up in an area that was not covered by his notebook. And then after that, he was like, oh, fuck, I give up. And so wow. he just like sat down after that. What year was this? It was in eighth grade. Uh-huh. And I graduated from middle school. Just do the math in your head and edit it out later. It would have been like 2000, 2001, somewhere around there. Okay. So that we're not we're not as aggressively caring. Yeah. Okay. But I think that was the last time I watched the full movie. Speaking of the movie, let's dive right into a summary. Did you write this one as well? You asshole. You asshole. I, <laughs> I, I did write this. In 1912, Rose DeWitt Bukater. Was Bukater? that her real name? B-U-K-A-T-E-R. Bukater? Bukater. I like that better. I think it was probably something bougie sounding and you slaughtered it. Well, I'm not going to say it's it again. So should happen. Okay. Rose, played by Kate Winslet, is boarding the Titanic with her wealthy fiance, Cal Hockley. We all played, remember the hat. Played by Billy Zane. Billy Zane! And her mother, Ruth, played by Frances Fisher. 
Ruth expresses how Rose's marriage to Cal will help their family's financial problems and cement their status as an upper-class family, despite the fact that Rose has no romantic feelings for Cal. Remember when women were cattle? Meanwhile, Jack Dawson, played by Leonardo DiCaprio, a poor young artist, wins a third-class ticket aboard the ship in a poker game. After the ship departs, Rose climbs over the railing, intending to jump and commit suicide to escape her impending loveless marriage. Jack finds and stops her, coaxing her back onto the ship's deck. They soon develop a tenuous friendship, heavily objected to by Ruth and Cal. (laughs) Though Rose tries, she can't shake the feelings she's developing for Jack. Rose brings... Caught feelings, we've been there. (sighs) Rose brings Jack to her stateroom where he sketches her nude wearing only the heart of the ocean necklace. I feel like you skipped a lot of shit. I did, yeah. (laughs) You wanted to get to the boobs. (laughs) Can you blame him? Right? Still a 13-year-old boy at heart. (laughs) I mean, that's true. If you look at the kitchen. Hey. (laughs) Afterwards, they, they witness the Titanic strike an iceberg. Cal finds the sketch of Rose along with her necklace. He takes the heart of the ocean and attempts to frame Jack for the necklaces. They also had sex in someone else's car, which I just like, I just wonder about that owner, that car owner later, you know? I Um, love that this whole thing was so beautifully spoofed in that excellent Rick and Morty episode. Have you seen movies done in 30 seconds by bunnies? Yes, but I don't believe I've seen the one that did Titanic. Oh my God, it's pretty amazing. You should check it out. All right, so I'm going to look at that on YouTube after we're done, and I encourage all of the listeners to do the same. Movies done in 30 seconds by buttons. Dean, you should like put it in the show notes. I'll think about it. Um, when do we get to Celine Dion? Isn't Celine Dion <laughs> on the Titanic? The bunnies, the bunnies do that too. They have like a little voice, and they're like, ah, 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 I'm almost exact, I think. (laughs) Love it. As the ship begins to sink, Rose, Ruth, and Cal are loaded into lifeboats while Jack is locked in the master-at-arms cabin for his accused theft. David Warner, awesome actor. Rose jumps back onto the ship to save Jack, and Cal chases after her. Rose and Jack are reunited and are confronted by Cal, who fires at them with a pistol. Because, you know, realizing... Realizing time is short, Cal flees, posing as a lost child's father, and leaves Rose's fate with the ship. Because he's an asshole, everyone. In case you needed reminders, Billy Zane is not a sympathetic character. Uh, (laughs) He's a total dick. Ah, Well, I mean, Billy Zane is pretty good at that, isn't he? He's excellent at that, especially in the film Tales from the Crypt Demon Knight, starring him and Jada Pinkett Smith. Awesome. He was, in, um, he was in some other movie that I can't think of, but I'm gonna I'm gonna wait and think of it later and tell you when I think of it. He was in Back to the Future too, wasn't he? Back to the Future as well. Billy Zane? I'm almost certain he's one of Biff's henchmen. I am bringing up his IMDb right now. Yeah, because uh, I'm not I'm not gonna say you're wrong, but um, I didn't know that if that's true. He also voices the uh, the villain of the first Kingdom Hearts game, but that's another thing. I, he's done I, a lot of stuff recently that I. I've never heard of. And of course, Dean, I'll have you on the show and we'll talk about his turn as the Phantom, the greatest superhero movie from the 90s, which can we get a reboot, please? (laughs) That movie actually has a pretty decent Zoolander. That's what I was thinking of. He was in Zoolander. 
Oh, nice. I need to rewatch that. It's been uh, that's I have that on DVD. Yeah. Oh man, that movie's so funny. It's just a good show. I'm sorry, Dean. We turned this into the Billy Zane variety hour. That's that's kind of what what makes the show work. Okay, he was in a movie called The Kill Hole, which has got to be like <laughs> the worst title of a movie ever. <laughs> oh, what a title. Oh, that's great. Wow, he was also in a movie called Guido. It was called Guido? Yeah, Guido. There's also a, in there a movie. There was a comedy in the, in the 90s called Kiss Me, Guido. He was also in a movie called Boop and a movie called Mama, I Want to Sing. I need to see all of these. I gotta, I'm gotta. i going to commission a Billy Zane marathon. Oh, man. He's in a movie called The Golden Retrievers. I wonder if it's actually about dogs. Jeff, it would I be think so ridiculous. seduction. It'd be so ridiculous if we found out it was about people who were going to a place to get gold and then bring it back. Well, he's in a lot of... Oh, Starving Hysterical Naked. That's a movie he was in. Every that's, actor's story. That's the title of... Kingdom Hearts is 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 here, Dean. It's it's on his IMDb. Uh, wow, he's got a joking, lot of stuff that I've I, never heard of. Demon Knight is awesome. It's right. It's a horror right out of the comic books. It's great, Jeff. I feel like you should probably make like a sub series for your podcast called Zany for Zane. He was in Tombstone. That's what <laughs> I was thinking of. Uh, that fucking movie so good. Zany so for good. Zane. I might just do it. Uh, what was it? <laughs> he was in Back to the Future too. Oh shit. Well, there you go. He's like the the one of the evil bit uh his, the, his character like, name was Match. I think he's the like like in the future? Yeah, I think he's like Young future Oh, and Biff's he was in the riff. he was in the first one too. Yeah, I that think he's good. like Biff's henchman. That's his first with, like, movie. The the, the one with the 3D glasses. Those movies are so good. He was I also can't... in Critters. As was Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh. Ooh. He's Although... also he was also in an episode of Matlock, you guys. Oh. And murder she wrote. As much as I love this trip down memory zane. If you t- <laughs> oh, you bastard. If you tell me he was in an episode of Diagnosis Murder, I'm just going to lose it. No, police story. Crime story. Just as good. Conspiracy, the trial of the Chicago 8. That's a, that's the only... It looks like he went to movies pretty quickly. Oh, Twin Peaks. He was in five episodes of Twin Peaks. Oh, shit. I already knew that. Man, Twin Peaks is so good. There are a number of different video games inspired by Twin Peaks. He was like... in a movie called The Silence of the Hams. Do you guys think that's a porn? If it is, it's a porn I don't want to see. Okay, his name, though, his name in the movie, Joe, J-O-D-D-E-E, Foster, F-O-S-T-A-R. Okay, never mind. I don't care if it's a porn or not. I want to see this movie. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I went 180. I'm clicking on it. All right. Um, Dean, oh God. One, of my, one of the best games ever uh, inspired by Twin Peaks, I think you know, is Alan Wake. I've never played that one. It looks That's like a spoon. one of the only Xbox exclusives that I stand like crazy. It's so good. Nice. All right. There's a there's a there's a trailer. I'm just gonna say. Okay, um, we we can watch. I I really think we. I know. Okay, this. I'll stop. I'll stop. Okay. It looks horrible. Jack and Rose return to the ship's deck, only to find that all of the lifeboats have but departed. Disaster turns to catastrophe as the boat breaks in half due to the forces of the sinking ship, instantly killing numerous passengers that fall into the icy waters. Good riddance. Having fallen in themselves, Jack. You forget to. You forgot about the violin players. Uh, I feel like that's an important fucking part. They didn't listen during dinner. Why would they listen now? (laughs) Having fallen in themselves, Jack gets Rose onto a wooden plank. And I have this in bold, buoyant only enough to support her. 
<laughs> which, which I mean, the entire world knows is not true. This is this is like the Han shot first of our generation, <laughs> right? Going to be yelling until the end of time about how much room was on that floating door. <laughs> uh, she is found later by a boat searching for survivors. Jack, still clutching to Rose's support, has died of hypothermia and sinks to the bottom of the sea. Rose survives the shipwreck, taking Jack's surname of Dawson to avoid detection among the survivors. She later she learns later that Cal committed suicide after losing his fortune in the stock market crash of 1929. Good for him. The film film ends with I wonder what happened to her mother. The film ends with her still in possession of the heart of the ocean. She drops it into the ocean over the wreck site. She either sleeps or passes away, the film doesn't expressly state, and a younger Rose is reunited with Jack on the Titanic's grand staircase. I mean, she dies. I take issue with that. Thank you. She dies. This is like the end of uh, The Shining or something. She is taking her place with all the other ghosts. Yeah. So she has to be dead. She's dead. I'm just going by what the information. No, you said you you wrote wrote this. this. Yes. I, I mean, I wrote it based off of information that I was looking at at Wikipedia. You copied someone else's work? I I summarized you a summarization. Copied. You plagiarized. I did not plagiarize. I changed words here and there. Plagiarization. This is supposed to be taken seriously. My God. All right. James Cameron has long had a fascination with shipwrecks and was- deter- I didn't know this. And was determined to visit the Titanic after viewing an IMAX movie with footage of it. He pitched the movie as Romeo and Juliet on the Titanic to Peter Chernin of 20th Century Fox. That is a good pitch. Who was dubious about the idea, given Cameron's past history with action films like Terminator. Mm. Wait, what? Wait, yeah. Why was he dubious? Didn't Terminator do good? Well, I mean... It's like one guy who's really good at one thing all of a sudden deciding to do something else. Oh, um, like they're pigeonholing him. Okay. Yeah. As Hollywood does. Mm-hmm. I guess it's only through hindsight that that sounds ridiculous because it's a big kind of disaster that's happening to all right? these people. And yeah. he's really good at that. He's good at handling like multi-stranded, uh, uh, you know. Also, that's a good pitch. Romeo and Juliet on the Titanic. It's like, bam, that's short. And that's the point. You're like, okay. During production. during production cameron himself actually sketched the infamous sketch of rose Mm -hmm. what yeah no he's a really great artist actually he uh one of his earliest director uh, directorial outings was piranha 2 if i'm not mistaken and before that he was like doing lots of like painting and drawing and things like that for cinema and that's sort of how he got into question though did he make kate winslet just sit there naked so he could draw her I don't know. Maybe the- it just seems a little weird. I mean, maybe she was fine with it. Yeah. But uh, what they might have done. They could have like- just taken a picture and let yeah. him draw the picture. Yeah. Mm. Which, by the way, that was also the first scene that uh, Leonardo DiCaprio and Kate Winslet filmed together. What? Yeah. Like, hey, guys, get cozy. Like, I, I, mean, I, I guess I, in a way, like it, if they're both OK with it. 
So now we have intimacy coordinators and all that. Back then it was just like your actors get naked. Your body is your tool. It's just like your emotions don't matter anyway, but I won't get on that soapbox, but I guess it would be a little, cause it's their first time. So they like the awkwardness would be a little more real. Yeah. He, I didn't put this in the, in the script that I wrote, but I did read something about how there was this like nervous energy throughout the the filming, which Cameron has since stated, like really adds to the scene. Yeah. Did he go about it in the right way? I don't know. Right. I it's wasn't like, there. let's emotionally manipulate our actors. Oh, well, Jesus Christ. We could do a whole episode on how directors do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not everything went according to plan during filming, however. Really? Why? <laughs> Winslet chipped a bone in her elbow while filming in the 17 million gallon water tank and thought she might drown at one point. Cameron, oh in, in the past, has also been notoriously difficult to work with, sometimes described as a, quote, 300 decibel screamer, a modern day Captain Bly with a megaphone and a walkie talkie, swooping down into people's faces on a 162 foot crane, end quote. I just love the visual of him like, swooping down in a crane and yeah. getting in my face when I'm like submerged in water and being like, Hey, Hey, are you trying to fuck up my movie? Oh my God. <laughs> According to Bill Paxton, who also appears in the film. What? He's in Titanic. He's like one of the, uh, Oh God damn it. I'm an idiot. Yes. He's in the modern day. Forgive me. Just yeah, cut he- that out. I know you won't. Oh, I'm, I'm keeping it in. Uh, according to Bill Paxton, who also appeared in the film, There were a lot of people on set. Jim is not one of those guys who has the time to win hearts and minds. Oh, God. (laughs) So here's the thing. My boss is an asshole, but I've worked for him a few times and the checks always clear and the amount is really nice on the checks. So I want to say something nice about this asshole of a boss who I've worked for a couple of times. Well, it's also like, I don't know about you, Jeff, but like... When I was an actor and really, and I, I I will never say that I'm giving it up, but I'm probably giving it up. But like when I was like really into the acting scene, I always felt like politically you had to be nice about everybody. Um, like, and you had to like leave people on your Facebook friend as your Facebook friend who like, you know, you either didn't like, or they didn't add, or like, you didn't even remember who they were because you were in a show back in like 2001 and mm-hmm. whatever. And so I just feel like, that's a part of the life that I am happy to not be around anymore. Yeah. Like I wanted to get rid of my Facebook account for a long time. And I was like, well, I can't because I'm a theater artist and I have to have it. When I stopped doing theater and I was like, no, I'm like done. The very first thing I did was get rid of the Facebook account. It was so great. I moved to Tennessee and of course I had to keep mine because I'm a writer, but, um, but when I moved to Tennessee, like one of the, one of my favorite things was just deleting a whole bunch of people urge that I, that I like had, yeah, that I, and you know, and I've got all these people that have like 1000 friends and, and whatever. And I'm like, yeah, but there was one thing I, when, when our apartment caught on fire right after we moved, like, if you had no comment about that, then I'm just going to go ahead and like, like remove you because you, you obviously do not care. (laughs) You remove people on their birthday, don't you? That's Rob Gabrowski. Oh, okay. Which um, he's great. Uh, he's a Chicago comedian. 
And he's also on a podcast. I can't remember what it's called right now, but there's another guy with a podcast. I know, I know right? I know. Um, God damn he, it, Dean! You told me we were the only ones. And he told me that that he like he he will unfriend people on their birthdays if he doesn't feel like wishing them happy birthday. Then like, <laughs> then what he, the fuck? They, why are the with their friends? So every birthday when he wishes oh, when he wishes me a happy birthday, I'm like, I made it another year, and it's been going on like almost ten years like this now. And he's like, I mean, I feel at this point like like it's solidified. Like I can't unfriend you. <laughs> <laughs> Dean, are we are, are we talking about a video game here today? I know, we are, right? We are just about to get into that. Okay. I'm, I'm not gonna apologize, but I'm still sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, not sorry. Um so I, I really want you guys to pay attention to my pronunciation of a specific word in here. Okay. There I'm is excited. a reason. There is a reason for that. Now I know I'm gonna have an opinion. Go right ahead. Mm. Titanic is a side-scrolling beat-em-up game developed by Hummer Cheng for the Nintendo Entertainment System. Oh, God. An unlicensed game for the Nintendo Entertainment System. It's unknown exactly when it was developed, but the Uh earliest known cartridge to contain the game was a bootleg multi-game cartridge from Hong Kong that surfaced around 2003. Uh Uh-huh. The game's title is intentionally misspelled using an E instead of an A, most likely to avoid copyright infringement. Uh-huh, uh-huh. As you did when you you did that summary and, like, changed the word that to the word then. No, I, it was... No, I... <laughs> the game follows the plot of Cameron's movie, with the player playing as Jack up until the boat... Up hits, until he dies? Up until the boat hits the iceberg and rose thereafter. Oh, God. Badly translated cutscenes between levels recap the movie's plot, and it features 8-bit renditions of music featured in the film. <sighs> okay. Including Celine Dion's My Heart Will Go On. Okay. There's okay. an 8-bit version of My Heart Will Go On out there, right? and I don't have it in my Spotify playlist. <laughs> um, okay. First of all, I want to know the audience they were catering to, because... We'll, we'll talk about that a little bit later. I'm confused as well, because... In 97, 98, 99, mm-hmm. we're still playing with Nintendos. I thought we had moved on. Uh, also, uh, we'll, we'll talk about this a little bit later, but cheaper technology is easier to sell in communist countries. Okay. All, All right. right. I'll buy that. Uh, there's actually a really fascinating history with Nintendo. Is it fascinating? Games. It, it's it's actually pretty fascinating because uh, that deals with Nintendo importing their products to Russia and China because Russia and China really do not like Japan. Uh-huh. And, and so Nintendo basically like sets up shell companies and like sets up really tenuous agreements agreements with companies within china to like change like change their games in order to fit censorship laws it's it gets kind of crazy uh we're not going to talk about that too much today jeff you're stroking your beard do you have a question i can i can tell i just am uh sad that you and i did not mention the recent release of Fight Club in China after it was scrubbed and edited by the the CCCP is that what it's called? Uh, yeah, the Chinese. They, 
is communist, it the com- Chinese pa- Communist Party? Is that right? Well, I'm, I mean, the CCCP was, is an abbreviation that I know goes back to Soviet Russia. But, ah, you uh, see, that's how out of date my knowledge is. The point is, is that they fucking released Fight Club in China so people could go see it in the theaters. And instead of having the actual ending where the buildings explode after he shoots himself in the head at the end of the movie, mm-hmm. they just cut to text on screen that says like, Tyler Durden was apprehended and put in a mental institution. He's still in this mental institution to this day. (laughs) And then the end credits roll. Because that was totally the point of that movie. That's not the point. We're not not here to give people the art that was intended. We're here to give them the art that we decide they can handle. Okay. Anyway, so yeah, we never brought that up and I wish we had. That's all. People who found this podcast because of your podcast, uh, welcome. You've just been treated to a bonus episode of uh, Movies Four Days. Yeah, all six of my listeners are now going to be <laughs> avid hey. listeners of you. Hey, you're six and my six. That makes 12. <laughs> and they tell two friends. And they tell two friends. Um, I feel like we should give a friends. shout out to Nigeria. Because you, oh yeah, oh yeah, really um, big in Nigeria. Yeah, we talked we talked about this after the new year. We did the like Spotify wrap up thing that they they did, and it was like you have five people who listen to your podcast more than any other podcast. And I turned to Meredith and I was like, I'm probably one of them. But they gave us breakdowns and like apparently we're like really big in Nigeria. For what some up, Nigeria? Reason. Fuck yeah! So we hell yeah, you. Nigeria. Yeah. We appreciate you. All right. So at least in theory, we're all actors here. Or we've so, done some acting. Yeah. I've uh, got a degree. <laughs> I, I too have a degree. I have two degrees that I, I am minor. not using right now. Ten points. Mm-hmm. So I've prepared a few selections. We always love a good, bad translation here on opening stage VGH. <laughs> so I've prepared a few scenes for that happen in between uh, levels of the game. Let me share my screen. Uh, I've divided them up between the two of you. Um, the punctuation and capitalization is as it should be so take that into consideration as you read your selections uh, meredith it looks like you're up first wait so wait hold on is this so, the this is the video game if you thought my summary was bad so this yes. is a video game this is like this plays during the video game yeah what you do is you play as either Jack or Rose. You beat up a bunch of fish or sailors, and then it summarizes the movie in between the levels. Okay. This All is right. beautiful. All right. All right. Great. I'm ready. All right. Are we right. going to play? Oh, can we play the, the bunnies singing of Titanic underneath this when it happens? Uh, I'll, I'll figure something out. Okay. All right. Here we go. In 1912, there is a noble American girl. Rose. She tried to get away from her arranged marriage, which is forced by her mother. At the same time, she met Jack, who is the young man on Titanic. Since Rose made a friend with Jack, he lighted on her life. They were also fall in love with each other. It made up a very touching, tragic love story. Rose did not love her fiance. Uh, I'm sorry, you mispronounced that word. It says finance. <laughs> 
Oh, excuse me. <laughs> Rose did not love her finance. Which is apropos. Like, let's just be real. True. Carl, and she just wanted to suicide and finish it. <laughs> Fortunately, Jack just saved her. They were both very fond of each other. Thus, Carl was very jealous and dislikes Jack. He tried to insult Jack, and he hold a dinner party to thank Jack for Save Rose. Actually, Carl did not really mean it. He just had a chance to challenge Jack. Wisely. Jack know about Carl's plan. He left his party and... Brought Rose together to join the party, which is belong to the workers. Of course. <laughs> Carl hates Jack very much. Very much. Oh, it's me again. When Rose was very depressed and she met Jack again, both of them all have the strong love to each other. They trust and adore each other and enjoy the sunset on the Titanic. Jack promised Rose. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna get through. Jack promised Rose to draw a her. I'm saying it right. This is how it's written. This is how it's written. Jack promised Rose to draw a her body sketch. (laughs) When the Titanic was sinking slowly, Carl libeled, libeled. Libeled. Is that really a libel to spell that looks wrong? That's how Jack, it's spelled in the in the game. That he stole the necklace of the heart of the ocean and locked him at the bottom of Titanic. It was very dangerous, and he probably will lose his life. Oh God, probably. Rose, probably. <laughs> we need some axe. <laughs> I, I, I need, we need an axe here. Rose was. Very anxious about Jack's situation, and she escaped from Carl to save him. At the same time, the captain ordered every passenger to wear the life jacket. Do it. Wear wear the life jacket. Okay. The Titanic had sunk. Although Rose and Jack got away from the Titanic, they could not reach the lifeboat. Finally, Jack scarified himself to save Rose and tell her be stronger in her future's life. Then he was dead in the cold Atlantic Ocean. When this accident happened, there were 1,500 passengers fell into the ocean and only six lucky passengers survived. What? (laughs) Not true. Okay, that's a little. Madly inaccurate. It was a very low chance to survive. Then there were 700 passengers who were in the lifeboat. They just only waiting dead or waiting the help and waiting the unforgettable relief. (laughs) What? I am also waiting the unforgettable relief. (laughs) Epic. I actually did cut a few scenes out of that. That was not all of it. Jack also draw much naked Rose a body in sketch booby scene for body sketch. Oh my god. All right. Oh. So do do we want to talk about that? 
for a little bit? Like, how, what is there to unpack? I don't know. <laughs> I still, I'm still so confused. Who, who played this game? We'll, we'll get to that, but um, <laughs> we'll get to it. I want to know. So, getting back into how the game is played. Mm-hmm. The player can attack with the A button and jump with the B button, pressing both the A and B buttons at the same they attack time. Attack with A and jump with B? What is this witch magic? I know. <laughs> pressing both the A and B buttons at the same time will activate your character's special attack. Right, at least they got that right. Jack has a charging elbow attack and charging uppercut, while Rose has a scissor kick and an axe swing. <laughs> But <laughs> she just has an axe with her all the time. Meredith, uh, you're a trained martial artist. I think more an axe swing is like where you. Cut. No, I'm thinking she. I'm thinking maybe there's an axe kick. There is a, such a thing as an axe kick. I've okay. never heard of an axe swing unless they're thinking of an overhand. That's what I was thinking. I was thinking something like, else. I was thinking like oh. you. You cup your fist inside of your other hand, and like both of them go down. I mean, maybe, but I like at least in the arts that I have studied, that was never called an X-wing. But it could be like, I mean, a crescent kick is called a fan kick in theater parlance, yeah. so maybe it's something different. But I've I've not heard of it. I still like the idea that she's just got an axe with her at all times. I mean, that is kind of fun because she does like cut the chains off with an axe. Oh, oh, well, maybe it's that. I don't. We'll find out. <laughs> I'll take a look at the footage that I found. Picking up wine bottles and lobsters will replenish your character's lost health. Numerous enemies stand between Jack and Rose's fight for love and survival. (laughs) They all want to stand in the way of their love. (laughs) Animals, other passengers, crew members, and others can be defeated by either hitting them a certain number of times or knocking them into the water when applicable. After the the Titanic hits the iceberg, then the ship begins to sink. There are a few levels where like water is gradually rising throughout the the level. So if you and if you if you're in the water, you start losing health. Uh, the game features three bosses: a muscular sailor wielding a knife. A fat man in a tuxedo wielding a shotgun and a lean man with a gun who is presumed to be Cal or Carl, as the translation calls him, who runs around and is fought three times. This is like the Titanic musical. Nobody asked for it, but the movie happened. So now we just have this thing. Yeah. Kind of jumping the shark. That happened with uh, Christmas Story, too. Really Holy God, you're right. Wait, there was a Christmas Story video game? That would be awesome. No, there was a Christmas story musical. And from what I can gather, oh, right. it was like really forced. Weren't you really in the it. Christmas story? No, I was in the stage adaptation. Oh, of course. Which I think was a lot better than the musical. I've never seen the musical. Although I auditioned for it. Uh-huh. In, in Chicago, I just remember this. I auditioned for the part of the mom and like they were going to have a parade in Chicago, I guess. Oh, and so yeah. they were getting like the minor characters, which I guess the mom was a minor. Char- I don't know. They were getting like local Weird. people to just like sing things like yeah. just to be in the parade or whatever. So, um, yeah, I didn't get it, obviously. But I mean, um, the mom was kind of hot. Was she in the movie? I thought so anyway. Yeah, I go with that. I'm going to keep talking. Um <laughs> Well, Wait, not about the Christmas story. I am just remembering a thing you said about my hair once. And 
Oh shit, Dean! What did you say about her hair? I'm, I'm gonna so, keep talking. Let's get back to Titanic. I'm gonna keep talking about this. Tit- this. Titanic. <laughs> Titanic's credits listed as being developed by three people: picture by Rebecca Carroll, program by Hummer Cheng and Chris, and music by Hummer Cheng. It was reportedly developed much earlier than it was released, but it was withheld as Famicom sales were declining in Taiwan at the time. Many Asian countries like China and regions like Hong Kong have more lax copyright laws in contrast to stricter import laws on electronics from foreign countries like Japan. This tends to lead to rampant piracy and multi-carts, such as the kind that Titanic was featured on. To give you a little bit of an idea of the quality of what these multi-carts, what they, what they do is they, they sell for older systems and they're like, 15 games in one! But this, this specific one featured three games. There was Titanic, which had the Rose and Jack stories, not necessarily in that order. They also had another game called uh, Hero, which was the same game, but just featured the Jack levels. And they have another game called Heroin, which is the same game, but just features the Rose levels. So there's three different Titanic games? Technically speaking, according to what's on this multi-cart. Hashtag capitalism. Jesus Christ, I I thought it was ridiculous here. (laughs) This is obscene. This is just ridiculous. Titanic has been featured as a part of Games Done Quick's Awful Block, which is... (laughs) Which speed, which speed runs notoriously low-quality games for charity. At least it's for charity, I guess. Yeah. Additionally, the same company has used the same game engine to create Harry's Legend, a similar game that uses characters and art from Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone mm-hmm. rather than those of Titanic. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So it's the same game, but instead of playing as Jack Dawson and Rose DeWitt, Bucketeer Dawson, you play as Harry Potter and you beat up sailors on a ship. What? <laughs> this is like a 10 the two man Taylor thing you with us. That was a good episode. That's so fucking funny. So it's, that it's just Harry Potter on a ship. Whatever. <laughs> You'll buy it. Who cares? Here. Wow. Like seriously. <laughs> like seriously, though, who is buying this bullshit? Like uh, I, I people mean, people who need games in China in the early thous. Oh, oh, because they didn't. Ha- oh, because everything was censored. I feel so bad for Chinese people. <laughs> Me too. Like, but, but but were they able to get Harry Potter though? I mean, the book wasn't Harry Potter heavily censored in China because of all its witchcraft and shit. Or am I just making that up? You're probably I, not. I've heard like China's like severe. Like my nieces are. My nieces and my nephew are from China. And like when they went over there to get them, they had like a different email address and they would only talk with like letters to so, to like do people's names mm-hmm. just because they were like so worried about mm-hmm. what they were sending because anything could mess up their adoption and they didn't want anything to mess up like the adoption. So they were like Snap. very careful about like what went out and only like small things went out just to let people know they were okay. Um, so you're probably not wrong. They probably like couldn't get the books, but that's still something. Anyway, so that's that's pretty much the story of Titanic. James Cameron's Titanic and oh uh, Titanic for the Famicom. I know this isn't about video <sighs> games, but when is James Cameron going to make a, another good movie? Because I think the last good movie he made was The Abyss. 
And like most people don't even know that's a movie. I remember that movie. It's I so have good. Seen, I have seen both the TV cut and the, the longer cut. And it's like, it's a little heart wrenching. It's like a touching movie. It's hardcore. I've seen animated spoofs of that whole scene where he's. I wonder like, if the bunnies have done the abyss. I'm Ooh, looking up the question. bunnies right now. Well, like, yeah, I've seen animated spoofs of that scene where Ed Harris is trying to bring that gal back from the dead. And like the animated spoof brought me to tears because of that whole like you never walked away from anything in your life. Now fight. They have done a Christmas story and fight club. Oh, God. They've done Harry Potter parts one and two. Oh, my God. They've done the human centipede. Uh... Ten points. Jesus. On that note, let's wrap up the episode. <laughs> um, first off, Jeff, thank you so much for taking time out of your night to, to spend some time and talk about this weird game. No, thank but, you for having me. This was delightful. Uh, is there anything that you'd like to plug before we head out? Absolutely. Uh, you know, my movie podcast, Movies Four Days. Four is the actual number. Movies is spelled normal. Days is spelled with a Z. You can check that out on Anchor or Spotify. We do deep dives into movies, both old and new, to better understand and appreciate them. And you've been on two episodes, and I can't wait to have you back on another one. Not to cut you off, but I was actually thinking I'm kicking myself because I I thought of another movie that I really wanted to, like, bring up to you. Uh, and I can't remember what that movie was. So It'll you, come to you. Yeah. If you get It'll, a weird text message from me like two months from now and I'm like, ah! Don't hold back. I don't care if it's 1.30 in the morning. If you remember what movie that is, you shoot me a text. I, I will definitely do that. But yeah. Uh, anything else that you want to plug? Nah, man. Anybody wants to check out more of my stuff, just come to at Movies Days on Twitter. Movies is spelled normal. Days is spelled with a Z. That's the only social media thing I'm about right now, and it's just a push the movie podcast. If it wasn't for that, I wouldn't even be on there. Awesome. Uh, Meredith, is there anything that you'd like to plug? Currently, I'm still blogging away at Meredith Ray Lyons, uh, dot faster or dot com slash faster. Sorry, whiskey. And uh, books are to come. Um, some narration stuff is to come. Awesome. Well, uh, if there's nothing else, uh, we'll go ahead and wrap it up. This has been Opening Stage VGH, the video game history podcast for everyone. Thank you so much for listening. Have a good one. I'm probably diving too deep into a part that's not important, but like, so they just hear that Harry Potter is a big thing in the rest of the world and they want to experience it. So they buy a stupid game about Harry Potter fighting people on a ship. Probably. Yeah. That's so sad. <laughs> I need to do some newer research on this, but I think I read something at one point about a translation of Harry, one of the Harry Potter books. But what the guy did was he took one of the Lord of the Rings books and just changed all of the names from the Lord of the Rings to Harry Potter characters. Okay. I'm waiting to see where and this is going. It was like, no, it was like 10 years before they figured out what was going on. <laughs> wait, so delightful. wait, I don't understand. Who did he give this to? 
like uh, a person a person in China was tasked with making a, a Harry Potter book to sell what? because Harry Potter was really popular and when pe- a lot of people buy that then you get a lot of money. Well, wait, 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 wait. Yeah, but why why did he use Lord of the Rings instead? I mean, it's like the same thing. I don't <laughs> I'm I'm so confused. Like why not just give them Harry Potter? I think it was easier to translate a much older book and just change the character names oh. than it was to translate and censor a new book, which is oh. about a coming-of-age story about a boy wizard. You mean like they rewrote it so that it was like, you know... It sounds like the they already thing, had... Do you mean they just did like a find and replace? It, it, that's <laughs> what it sounds like. Like, they already had this book censored. Lord of the Rings had already been done, censored, and like, China-fied. Yeah. And so they just took some names out and replaced with other names and were like, oh, here you go. Here is Harry Potter. And everyone was like, wow, this is amazing. Find Frodo, replace with Harry. Right? <laughs> Harry Potter has to go to to Mount Dumbledore with his friend Ron and Hermione. Gandalf really was wants probably that Dumbledore. The one wand to rule them all. Yeah, that's probably what they did. Oh my yeah. god! <laughs> I mean, like, first of all, I was thinking about, I was thinking about this. I'm like, well, there are fantasy tropes, but, but this is totally. These are t- different stories, very, very different stories. One is for adults, one is YA, for starters. Yeah. 